0: welcome to the dogwood podcast a presentation of dogwood church for more information visit www.dogwoodchurch.org join us now as pastor Keith Moore shares today's message if you don't have a chapter two book raise your hand you may you may not have them with you maybe you've got one at home and you don't want to take two or three more home but if you got if you don't have one we want you to have one and uh, turn uh, into the the back you'll find the note pages there for our uh, lesson this morning. Uh, there and also you'll find an explanation of this generosity initiative that we're in, called uh, Chapter Two. As we are launching, what we uh, at least believe uh, the Lord's allowing us to believe will be the next chapter, uh, maybe the next quarter of a century in the life of Dogwood and our mission and its uh, and its ministry. Chapter 2, just to sum it up, is is frankly about two things. It's about boldly funding everything that we believe God has set before us to accomplish and do as a church in the next two years. Chapter 2 is also about your spiritual growth. Uh, More specifically, chapter 2 is about constructing the multi-purpose student ministry building on our campus uh, chapter 2 is about uh, creating a debt snowball that will allow us to uh, pay off the loan on our uh, property and our campus development within the next five years. Chapter 2 is about uh, raising the, uh, and increasing the effectiveness uh, of our Real Life Center and its ministry of compassion. Uh, to people in our church family and in our community who find themselves under-resourced for whatever reason, without enough food, without enough clothing, without jobs, uh, without encouragement. Uh, Chapter 2 is about planting a new life-giving congregation, at least one in the next two years, in the central city in urban Atlanta. Chapter 2 is about embracing the Altai people in the Altai Republic in Russia uh, with the gospel. Uh, leading them to faith, gathering uh, Christians together into churches that will become multiplying networks of indigenous congregations to reach their own people in that part of the world. Uh, and chapter 2 is about strengthening the core of our church, the core ministries of our church uh, to, to children, to students, to adults, uh, leading them to faith growing them up in their faith equipping them uh, to serve God's purposes in ministry in the church and externally in all the realms of culture it's about equipping uh, servant leaders to serve it's about uh, embracing or about uh, uh, encouraging uh, the uh, the poor and assisting the sick and planting new churches it's about everything that God wants us to accomplish in the next 2 years and it is about your spiritual growth for when we find we find this truth we found it for years when you give when i give god's work gets done and when we give our hearts are transformed we grow spiritually and so we've been challenging one another across these weeks uh, to pray two prayers ask god for answers to two prayers first Lord, what steps up the generosity ladder would you have me and my family take in the next two years to grow us in generosity? And, Lord, how much money in faith would you have me commit to give to your work through Dogwood Church in the next two years? We're calling it uh, chapter 2. See, the Bible is a book about giving. The Bible is a a giving book. It talks more uh, outside of who God is, what He does, and what He's like outside of its teaching on the kingdom of God and His eternal purposes, the Bible speaks about giving and the management of material possessions almost more than any other uh, subject that we, we find. I mean, listen to this. It gets very practical. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, the Bible says, On the first day of each week, set aside some of what you've earned and give it as an offering. The amount depends on how much the Lord has helped you earn. Now across this last month, uh, a few of you have asked me directly, but many of you have wondered, Pastor, you keep saying that this is about our spiritual growth, but honestly it sounds like a clever way to get my money in the church's pocket. Do you really mean this? Yes. Yes. I really mean this is about your spiritual growth other than meeting Christ as Lord and Savior and learning to walk under the control of His Holy Spirit moment by moment, day by day, in for Christians in our culture, I know of no more important issue than learning biblical stewardship, how to properly deal with money and possessions in relationship to our God. This is about your spiritual growth. I I, I, I believe that with all of my heart. In fact, I want to take you to seven benefits that God says He will bring to our lives when we get this right. Just to give you uh, an, an example uh, to, to encourage you here. Uh, first of all, uh, the Bible says that giving makes us like God. It makes us like God. That's a, uh, that is spiritual growth. We, you see John three uh, sixteen, arguably the most familiar verse in the New Testament that says, "'For God so loved the world that He gave.'" God's a giver. The ultimate giver. He gave His only Son. Uh, So for moral and spiritual foul-ups like you and me to be forgiven and reconciled to God and receive His salvation, giving makes us more like Him. God is a giver. Second, uh, giving, when we give, God transforms us by drawing us closer to Him, closer to Him. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Where we give our money. Where we invest our money, our hearts are drawn in that direction. And so when we give of our resources to the work of Jesus Christ uh, through our local church and then, and, and then in offerings to other enterprises of the kingdom of God around the world, it draws our heart toward Him and His purposes. You want to get closer to God? There's a lot of things you can do. And one of them is Give to the right God, the right way, for the right reason. All those are important, all those are important. Uh, Giving also sets us free from materialism. It makes us like God, it draws us closer to God, it sets us free from materialism. The Lord Jesus said that we, especially in our culture, but He said this in a culture different from ours 2,000 years ago that human beings are going to struggle with either worshiping God or worshiping uh, mammon, he called it, material possessions, wealth, God or money. And the antidote that He gives us, the spiritual practice that He gives us, the Christian practice that He gives us to set us free from having our stuff on us, our money on us, rather than we own our money, is to give. Give some of it away. Give it to Him and His purposes. Uh, in First Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19, we find these words. Command those who are rich in this present world. And by the way, we should define that. Somebody said, well, I'm not rich. Well, He gives us the context of the entire world here. And uh, if you have enough food and if you have enough clothing... And if you have a shelter uh, over your head to guard you from the climate, compared to the rest of the world, you're rich. You're rich. Uh, most of us in our, this room have much more than that. And so this applies to, to us all. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put hope in wealth which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to be generous and willing to share. In this way they may take hold of the life that is truly life." Now he says here that God gives us everything for our enjoyment. It's okay to have possessions. It's okay to have many, many, many possessions. God's the giver of those. It's okay to enjoy them. It's right to uh, enjoy them. But he says true living comes from giving. I mean, we make a living by what we get, but we get a life by what we give. And so uh, giving sets us free from materialism. It also strengthens our faith. Many of you say, I wish I had great faith. Well, become great at generosity. Giving strengthens our faith, and God uses finances, among many other things, to do this. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and verse 9. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Now, he's kind of setting this up to say, your, your own wisdom, what I'm about to tell you is, might be a little it might be counterintuitive. It may be counterintuitive. So trust my will and my ways. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Look at verse 9. He says, honor the Lord by giving Him the first part of your income and He will fill your barns with overflowing. So so giving makes us like God. Giving draws us closer to God. Giving sets us free from materialism. Giving strengthens our faith, our trust in God. And also giving is an investment in eternity. Giving helps us develop an eternal perspective. You know, the great temptation in, in our life now, in the culture in which we live, is to all the pressure from the world, the flesh, and the devil is to convince us that this is all there is. This life is all there is. There is no supernatural. There is no God. This is all there is. Uh, and it's, a, it's incredibly persuasive right? So many of us struggle with that, us human beings. But giving is an investment in eternity and it helps us develop an eternal perspective. First Timothy 6 again, give happily to those in need and always be ready to share whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will be storing up real treasure for yourselves in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity. There's another way that God transforms us when we give. He blesses us in return. He blesses us. Uh, we we are the. There's the old saying, "You cannot give God," and that's in every sense. He he makes sure we have everything that we need. And if you have everything you need, remember you're you're wealthy. But I I have way more than I need. And for many of you, probably for most of us in this room, God has blessed us with way more than we need. Giving blesses us in return. Look at Proverbs 22 verse 9. Read that out loud with me. Ready? Here we go. A generous man will himself be blessed. Uh, Proverbs 11:25 says it this way, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Psalm 112 verse 5 says, good will come to him who is generous. Good. God blesses us in return. And Jesus Himself said, when we give, we receive happiness. The only, time, the only words of the Lord Jesus that we find in the Scriptures that are not found in one of the four Gospels, not found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, is found in the book of Acts. When Jesus is quoted in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, there is more happiness in giving than in receiving. Quoted the Lord there. Giving makes us happy. The happiest people in the world are the people who are generous. People who uh, who give. You know, the root word of the, the root word of the word miserable is miser. Uh, the great psychiatrist um, Carl minninger founder of the minninger Psychiatric Clinic, uh, said this at one time: Giving is a criterion of mental health. Generous people are rarely mentally ill. So it makes us happy. Uh, These are just a few of the things that that God uh, says He will do in our hearts and our lives when we, watch this, give to the right God, the right way, with the right method, with the right motivation, for the right reason. All those are important. All those are important. So uh, that's why, without hesitation... I eagerly have been encouraging you to pray and ask God to help you take steps up the generosity ladder, to grow your heart bigger in generosity across the next two years, and why I'm asking you to pray to Him to show you how much money He would have you invest in His kingdom through the work of Dogwood Church in the next two years. So some of you may be saying, well, Pastor, I see now that this is one of the ways of God growing me spiritually. So how do I go about it? I mean, practically what do I do? Well, many of you have been living this lifestyle with God for decades and, and you know His method, how to, uh, how to go about it, but many of you don't. So let me describe to you what the Bible calls tithing. We find that word in the Old Testament. Uh, tithe equals 10%. It was, a, it was a Hebrew word, a Hebrew term that meant the tenth part, the tenth part. And it means giving the first 10% of our increase of our income to God as an act of worship. Now, when this was written originally in the Old Testament thousands of years ago, uh, that meant the, the, the first 10% of the grain harvest or, uh, or the, uh, the increase in a herdsman's, uh, from a herdsman's cattle or goats or, or, or sheep. Uh, it was that kind of wealth. Today, it's our salary. Today, it's our financial income, our our salary, the income and, and gain that we get from our work and from interest in our investments. We are to give, uh, the tithe would be the first 10% of our increase to God through, um, through the local church and offerings even above to uh, other work in the kingdom. And so, You might say, what's the difference between tithes and offerings? Tithe is 10%. Offerings are anything we give to the work of God wherever we give it, above and beyond the tithe. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 and 10 says this, Honor the Lord by giving Him the first part of all your income. So we should give the first part, not the leftovers. Uh, We give in faith. We give out of gratitude, out of gratitude and love for the gospel, for a God who loved us so much that He couldn't bear the thought of us atoning for our own sin forever in a place called hell. So He took on the form of a man, His Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, came to earth, lived a perfect life showing us who He is and what He's like, went to the cross and took full punishment for our sin, atoned for our sin. He loved us. He loved us magnificently, rose from the dead proving that He was who He said He was and He had the power that He claimed to have to forgive sinners and reconcile us to God and give us the gift of abundant and eternal life and uh, adopt us into His family, transform us in this life and let us serve God in the next. I mean, magnificent, magnificent. We give out of gratitude for His great salvation, a love so overwhelming that it motivates and enables us to be and do what He wants us to be and do, to will and to work for His good pleasure. And so uh, we, uh, we give uh, the first part not only in faith, but out of gratitude and love and worship uh, for the gospel and God's provision in our life. And we do it weekly. 1 uh, uh, Corinthians 6, 2, again, says on the first day of every week, set aside some of what you've earned and give us an offering. It's a, it's, a, it's a habit. It's a lifestyle. It's a spiritual discipline we follow that God uses to transform us. Now, some of you might say, but, Pastor, I've, uh, life has treated me such or I've lived in such a way that I would like to obey God now and, and start by tithing, but I, I can't do that right now. What do I do? Well, there's an author that I recommend that you read by the name of Henry Blackaby. And years ago, he wrote a book called Experiencing God. Many of you have read that book or gone through that study. In that book, he states that we, we commit to obey God and then we go about arranging our life in order to obey God. Well, we do the same thing when it comes to this issue of giving our tithes and our offerings to God. Take a look on the screen at the... The generosity ladder. You you may not now be able to start uh, as an extravagant giver. Well, then step up and be a tither. Well, you, and if you can't step up to the rung of being a tither, then step up to be an intentional giver, less than ten percent, but but systematic. If you can't step up to be an intentional giver, then then step up to be an occasional giver. As you have income, uh, you give. Uh, to the right God, for the right reason, the right way uh, at that level. If you can't step up to be an occasional giver, then become a first-time giver. Start there. Start where you are and and arrange life to live into the full obedience that God wants us to live. Let Him help you arrange life. Uh, Another way to look at it is this way. If you can't begin by giving 10%, then start at 5% of your income. If you can't start at 5%, begin at 2%. If you can't Begin at two percent. Start at one percent. Can't start at one percent. Start at one half percent. Just start. Just start uh, serving God with your finances in this um, in this fashion. If you um, if you make ten dollars a week, you give one dollar. Uh, if you can't give one dollar, you give fifty cents. If you can't give fifty cents, give twenty cents. If you can't give twenty cents, give ten. If you can't give ten, give a nickel but but start start you, you, you jump in and do what god would would have you do let me let me illustrate it this way this might help a little bit you got one of these on you you got one of these on you take it out just get one reach yeah reach in your wallet reach in your purse i'm not going to take them from you you can hold on really really tight this is just for illustration purposes but look at it look at it you got them you got them okay not everybody's got them but we're going to go anyway there there you go thank you thank you uh, so so it, it, it's remember I didn't I didn't do well in math. You remember I've, t- I've confessed that frequently. I told you that I did really good until the eighth last part of the eighth grade when they introduced letters into math. That's still I, I thought math is numbers. I don't get it. But and so uh, but but even I can understand God's method. So every time you get ten of these, you take one of them. And you give it as an offering to God through His work. Every time you get a hundred of these, you take ten of these and give to God as an offering. Every time you get a thousand of these, you take a hundred of these. You say, wait a minute, that's starting to sound big. But what does it matter? It's the same. It's all the same. You get ten thousand of these, you take a thousand and give them to God. a good, teach your kids to do this. My, we, we, we did this with our kids. We gave them three jars. One said uh, tithe, one said save, and one said live on the rest. And so you tithe, you save, and you give on the rest. We said give 10% of your allowance to God, save 10% uh, for the future, and live on the rest. That's a great way to live. That's a great way to live. So uh, it's that that's this whole thing. Take every time you get 10 Okay, you're, you you guys are looking at me like uh, Dr. Oscar Thompson, my professor, my old Texas, Texan seminary professor. We used to say, y'all are looking at me like a cow looking at a new gate. You ever seen one? We well, I need some help. We're here to help, Pastor Keith. We, we can help you out. Oh. Now, y'all are... I'm teaching here. Oh yeah, we we got that. That's why we're here. We saw that you were uh, preaching on the uh, the the T word. The T word. <laughs> oh oh. Yeah, and we we saw that you needed some help, and uh, we we here are we're the, the now church. what yeah what are you what are you guys? We are the church accountants here at Dogwood, <laughs> and we know that we accountants tend to get a a bad rap, so to speak, because we're uh, we're a little uh. Different, okay. And uh, we we just wanted to help you out and uh, see what we can do for you on this uh, sticky subject here. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess we got time, so well, well, we'll get to it. We'll do our thing, unless unless you want to join us. Uh, no, I think I'm going to get out of the way. You sure? I think I am. Yes, okay. I think I, I think I'm going to do that. We'll get to it. Okay. Here we go. What up, Dogwood? What's up, y'all? Where's Miss Gail at? Happy birthday! This is for you, John Phillips! I get nothing but bills. I could rap all day about my financial ills. Money comes in, goes right back out. I know you know what I'm talking about. My wife just keeps drinking up the heat. And three times a day, my kids want to eat. Sprinkler! All good. Nothing but 10%. And I may not be the smartest dude in the joint, but I know how to move a decimal point. point. I'm a diver now, cause that's how I roll. I'm a great a child, I'm the father, so hammer time. Now you know how to do it, so what's your excuse? You can't play God's money fast and loose And where's your heart? Just follow the cash I'm storing mine up in the, the heaven, heaven stuff When God gives a 100 to your wallet I think that's the most serious case of white boy disease I have ever seen. (laughs) Somebody needs to pray or something. Listen, there's no better place for you to give your money for a great return for good than your local church. Now we got a lot of guests here. I'm talking about your, go back home, your local church. If this is your if this is your home church, no better place to get a return on your money for good and for God than your local church. Start there. So I'm asking you to jump in. I'm asking you to pray, God, help me step up the generosity ladder. Help me invest as much as I can in the next 2 years in chapter 2 at Dogwood. We see when we can see much of the results of our giving i mean when you give in just a few weeks you'll see the results you'll see the the student building multi-purpose building coming up out of the ground and being constructed when you Uh, When you give, uh, you'll see the Harvest for Real Life Orchard this summer producing thousands of pounds of fruit each month uh, to give to people in our community and in our church who don't have enough food. When you give, you'll see the relief funds going from our church to other communities in North America and around the world who experience disasters. And we can see the the difference that our our giving makes. When you give, you you can see hundreds of children each Sunday morning gathering in the children's building. Uh, studying the Bible, making good friends, learning to meet Christ and walk with Him. Uh, You can see uh, scores and scores and scores of middle and high school students gathering on our uh, campus each week, coming to faith, growing in their faith, serving God's world. When you give, you can see the lights turn on and feel the air conditioning and drink the water out of the water fountain that that, uh, that, that enables. When you, when you give, you can see a new church come into being in the next two years. We'll be able to go see that congregation and meet with them. I mean, you can see the measurable results. Much of the giving that you do uh, for good is, is, is visible and we can see the results. It's measurable. But the most powerful result of your giving, just week in and week out, each month, each year, faithfully bringing tithes and offerings to God, giving to Him as offerings, as an act of worship, the most powerful uh, result of your giving you'll never see. Or you see, much of what comes from your giving is the the tremendous amount of human suffering and human sin that it prevents. That never happens because you gave to God's work through, a, through, a, for, through your local church and God used the people in that church and His Spirit working in that church. Uh, when, when, uh, when you give, there will be hundreds and hundreds of children who will never be abused. But you won't be able to see that. It will be prevented. When you give, there will be countless men and women who never become addicted to drugs or never become alcoholics. That will be prevented. When you give, there will be thousands of divorces that will never take place. Thousands of marriages that will never dissolve. You won't see those. When you give, uh, your sons will not be addicted to pornography. Scores and scores of them. But you won't see that. That will never happen. That will be, be prevented. Uh, hopelessness and homelessness and hunger and heartbreak will, will never will won't happen. You'll prevent that. And thousands upon thousands of people will not spend eternity in hell because you give. You won't see that. You'll, it'll be prevented. Listen, I, I was raised in a church, a healthy church, and I came to faith through the ministry of that church as a child. And it saved my life. It prevented, it prevented who knows what sin and suffering in my own life and and who knows what sin and suffering I would have unleashed on the world had that church not led me to Christ because they gave. And when you give, that's what's going to happen. So I'm asking you, I'm asking you, I'm praying for you to join me and Allison in, in stepping up the generosity ladder as much as high as you can step it in the next two years, of, of giving as much to the work of the kingdom of God as you possibly can give to God over the next two years for what you're going to get to see and for, praise God, what we're going to not see in the future. So pray with me. We're going to pray again. Pray with me now. And ask the Lord, Lord, I'm asking you again to show me clearly how you want me to live in this fashion over the next two years. What steps in generosity would you have me and my family take? How much money would you have me in faith to commit to give across the next two years through Dogwood Church and and, and beyond? Lord, what would it be? next Sunday I'm asking you to join me in bringing your chapter 2 commitment cards to the services and we're gonna in faith turn those cards in together for our pastors and our staff and our elders and our our volunteers you are the pace setters in our church I'm asking you to join me back here tonight for a special commitment service for all of our leaders and um, we're gonna make our commitments early as many of us as the Lord is allowed has given us answers and we're going to share that with the rest of the church to invite them to join us but you continue to pray now and say Lord I'm willing show me In second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 5 the scripture says that they first gave themselves to the Lord God wants you first and foremost And for some of you, your first step has nothing to do with this piddly material possessions. It has to do with your own soul, your own life, your own eternity. Have you ever turned from your sin and placed your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That's the big point. They first gave themselves to the Lord. Have you given yourself to the Lord? Do so. Do so. Put your trust in Him alone for your salvation. Place your trust in Him as we pray. So, Lord Jesus, we come praying now, asking you by your grace, by the power of the gospel, by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to take next steps in surrendering our lives to you. We want to surrender all to you, but we can't do it apart from you. So help us now as we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information about Dogwood Church, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org.